If the iron be blunt, and he do not wet the edge, then must he put to more strength. Sharpening the sword. One of my favorite parts of this podcast is to be able to answer questions. And we've just got several words today that we're going to define. And these words are just found one or two times in the Bible. Actually, two of them, I believe, are mentioned only two times. And then one of them is mentioned three times. But our first word for today is going to be presbytery. Presbytery. And that's found in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 4 in verse number 14. 1 Timothy chapter 4 in verse number 14. The Bible says, Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Now, that word presbytery means the order of elders. Also, it means the Sanhedrin, which I thought was kind of ironic, Paul being a Pharisee. The Sanhedrin was that upper court that the Pharisee was um, accountable to. But um, basically what this word presbytery means is it just means that when Timothy was ordained into the ministry or Timothy was sent out into the ministry, there was a group of men that got together, the order of the elders, the elders in the church, and asked him different questions about what he believed. Um, In 2021, we would call this like an ordination service. And that's what Timothy had partaken in here, was he had just had some elders ask him some questions on what he believed about the Bible, about salvation, about the Word of God. Timothy answered those questions correctly as they wanted to see answered, and then they laid their hands upon him, prayed upon him, and sent him out into the ministry. You'll also find that done in the book of Acts. But that's what this presbytery was. It was not something that was that was being set up to be a, some form of church or some form of religion. It was just a group of elders that had gotten together, and they had decided, hey, before we send a man out into the ministry, we want to make sure that he's qualified for the ministry. And that is what they were doing. Timothy stood before the presbytery. He answered the questions correctly. The elders laid their hands on him, prayed over him, and sent him out into the ministry. Now, the second word that we're going to define today, the second word that we're going to define today is Golgotha. Golgotha. Of course, in the book of Matthew, chapter 27, in verse 33, was the verse I picked here. The Bible says, And when they were come to the, unto a place called Golgotha, that is to say, a place of a skull. Now, of course, as you look up the word Golgotha, what does it mean? It means the skull or a knoll near Jerusalem. This is the hill on which Christ was crucified. It appears from studying. You're not going to get this out of the Bible. You're going to have to study some secular history to understand this. It appears as if they had a place that they had set aside to crucify people in that time and in that day, and it was outside the city of Jerusalem. Now, I went to the the Baker Bible Atlas, which is a good which is a good um, Bible geography book, and I wanted to try to read you a few things out of this today that might be able to help you to understand Golgotha a little better. First off, let's read this. Tradition has attempted to locate the place of the betrayal, trial, and crucifixion of Christ. In view of the fact that Jerusalem has been destroyed several times since our Lord walked its street, 
No identification can be considered final. I thought that was good in the fact that we're not exactly going to be able to put our finger on the place where Christ was crucified because Jerusalem has been destroyed so many times and even plowed under several times. But then it says this later on in the chapter there in the Baker Bible Atlas. It says this, Even such a term as the place of a skull defines definition. Three suggestions have been given. Some writers consider the site one on which actual skulls could be seen. Others mention ancient legends of the skulls of famous men located at Golgotha. According to one such legend, the skull of Adam was buried there. In some artistic representations of the crucifixion, a skull can be seen at the foot of the cross. Those who have considered Gordon's Calvary as the site for the crucifixion point to the rock formation, which appears in the shape of a skull, as both the interpretation of the word Golgotha and the justification for their identification of it. Meaning very simply that outside of Jerusalem, there is a place that appears in a rock formation that looks like a skull. And that is the place that is commonly referred to as Golgotha, or Calvary, where they crucified the Lord. That's one of my favorite things about the Word of God, is that it has geological geological balance in it. It has, a, it has a fact that I can go and I can see the River Jordan. I can go and I can see the place where Christ was crucified. I can go and I can see the tomb. But Golgotha was very simply just a hill that at the base of the hill, it had the shape of a skull in it. And then our last word for today is going to be anathema, maranathema. Anathema, maranathema. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 in verse number 22. If any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be anathema, maranathema. And the word anathema means this, excommunicate, a curse, a religious ban. Maranathema means this, divine judgment. Now, let's start by saying this. That does not mean if somebody does not love the Lord that you can look at them and say you're anathema, maranathema, and say that they're under divine judgment. No, what the word is saying and what the verse is saying contextually is that Jesus Jesus is going to come back and his coming will either mean salvation or judgment for every man, woman, boy, or girl upon the earth. When he comes back, you'll either be saved or you'll be lost. Those that are lost will be anathema, maranathema. Thank you for joining us for the Biblical Principles Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can forward them over to us there at biblicalprinciples at juno.com. That's all lowercase letters, biblicalprinciples at juno.com. Thank you, and have a wonderful evening.